0: Pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for.
1: Sarah, hey, welcome to the show. Thank you so
0: much. I'm so happy to be here. So you are the author of American Honey, which is just about the complexities and blessings of marriage. I always like to, at the front of a show like this, remind people, because I do actually have a a pretty good amount of like single listeners. And I think sometimes they'll hear a topic that doesn't specifically apply to them. And I'm like, okay, don't tune out. Like, don't skip this episode (laughs) because I just know from what this book is about, it's a lot of stuff that I wish I would have known that was, that it was even a possibility (laughs) that it was even on the table before I got married. So I definitely encourage people to listen in regardless of what your marital status is but i would love if you would just open by telling us a little bit about american honey what it's about and what what led you to writing it
1: absolutely so the book's subtitle is a field guide to resisting temptation which gives you a pretty good insight into what i end up covering in the book and it's definitely more than a marriage memoir although that's certainly the ground from which i write the i wrote most of the book in the moment as a, like literally survival guide <laughs> for yeah. trying to get through the season that my husband and I were going through spoiler alert we're still married <laughs> so <laughs> we've been married for 18 years now wow and so this book was the basis for this book was our 10th year of marriage okay and i was married young i got married at the age of 21 and thought I knew everything about being a young woman. I thought I knew who I was. I didn't know who I was yet, really. Yeah. And so a lot of this book is trying to get to the bottom of who I am, why I am the way that I am. Why why do I desire to be desired? Why do mm. I want to be loved or noticed by anyone, <laughs> but also, you know, by other men, by my husband, by my like what are the roots of that? And yeah. particularly looking at like my relationship with my dad and the things that happened as a child for me. So the book is a lot of digging into those kinds of questions about what makes us as women the way that we are and what what are we Slave to, and what are we free to choose? And you know, also just kind of broadening the the definition of love and understanding mm. better what what does it mean to commit to a person once you've fallen out of the emotional high of <laughs> oh they make me feel so good. What is required of us to love a person? So especially when you've said I do too, you know, right? And it's. My husband and I were
0: just having this conversation the other day about there's this hashtag on Instagram that's beating 50% that 50% of American marriages end in divorce, and that's not excluding Christians. Right, right. And so we are not, we are so very much not exempt from this conversation because our marriages are falling apart for the same exact reason that like the quote unquote, like secular worlds are. And it's like, but we have this link to the guy who created the whole construct of marriage, who looked at man and said, it's not good to be alone. Like we are connected to that guy. Why are we not? Why are we not tapping into that? Why are we not doing a better job of this? (laughs) You know, (laughs) right. But it's because we're like in this world that doesn't prioritize or consider important what I think is required for these marriages to not just survive, but thrive.
1: Yeah. Well, and also just, I think we tend to be, I know I was feeling very short sighted, and mm. you're not making me feel great right now. And so there's a lot of, well, that's where temptation comes in. It's like, you know what? I'm not very satisfied in this mm-hmm. minute. You know, it didn't matter for me at the time that I had spent, you know, nine years trying to make babies with this man. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, we had a history. Or we absolutely, truly do love each other. Mm-hmm. But as soon as some kind of outside force started to look attractive, it called into question everything about mm-hmm. my relationship and, like, why did I choose to marry this person? And that choice and love in love is so counter to our culture where Mm -hmm. we fall in love. We get in love. We don't choose to love. Right. So when we fall out of love, we're like, well, that must be it. I must, you know, this must be over. And that for worse and in sickness and till death part of our vows is forgotten because we're like, oh, dude, this is not good enough for me anymore. So I'm just going to go find something better. So I
0: know you, you detail this in the book, but can you give us kind of an overview of what, like your experience with temptation and how, you know, how that played out and impacted your marriage?
1: Yeah. So I was, I found myself texting with, uh, a, actually a couple of different people over the course of a couple of years. One was really innocent. It was like, oh, we were so like-minded. We're both writers. We're both Christians. We were both in a setting that there weren't a ton of Christian writers. And so we bonded immediately. We had the same sense of humor. We were good pals. And like, I'm texting him and he's texting back. And we just kept going at it for a few weeks. And there was one point where I was like, oh my gosh, I... Sent like 200 text messages to this person today. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Like we have had a long, ongoing, funny conversation. And I had reached out to my best friend to go hang out one evening. And I was telling her about this. And she's like, You have got to make this stop right now. And I was like, Oh, what's the big deal? We're just (laughs) friends. And she's like, Well, have you told each other, have you wished each other good night? And like all the color drained out of my face, and I was like, "I just did that like five minutes ago." And she's like, "Yeah, this is unhealthy. This isn't a good. Yeah. This isn't good for you." And and so that was and the first issue for me was one of the. So one of the big things that I've learned in my marriage is how important boundaries are in relationships, and also like Brandon, my husband, and I tell each other everything now. Like if I feel at all like icky about him talking to somebody, I tell him, Hey, you know, that this makes me uncomfortable. And we usually end up laughing about it together, but then we respect each other's wishes, you know, like, all right, you know, this marriage, this relationship is more important than that other one. Yeah. I didn't know that then I didn't I was particularly with the second incident, which was really the impetus for writing this book is that it was a year long relationship with a colleague that kept crossing the line from friendly to flirtatious. Mm -hmm. And I like to hear that he thought I was pretty, Right. but I didn't want him to be saying those things because it was the right man. But I also didn't want to hurt his feelings. And like our impulse, I think as women to be nice instead of be kind and clear about Mm -hmm. relationships and our boundaries causes us problems sometimes. And it certainly caused me a lot of problems. Nothing ever, nothing ever happened. Physically, nothing ever happened, but emotionally, and I told my husband this at the time, like, I feel like I just wrecked an entire year of our lives once I finally told him what was happening, because I was so distracted all the time trying to protect everything. I wanted to keep everything a secret. I wanted Mm -hmm. to keep everything kosher. Like, no, there's nothing wrong here. There's no problem. You know, there's my marriage is great and it felt pretty great, but you know, as soon as you get any temptation, it starts to reveal the cracks and the places that are sensitive and tender. And then you got to deal with it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the fact, like going back to the first situation, the fact that you had a friend yes, who was willing to be like, no dog, like, mm -mm, nope, like, and keep calling it out. Like, I think sometimes we as friends can be the ones that are like, that doesn't seem okay. And then your friend's like, it's fine. You're like, okay. Cause you yeah. don't want to push. You don't want to be ridiculous. But the fact that she was like, are you doing this? Then no, like that's yeah. not okay. I would challenge people that are listening. If you don't, if somebody doesn't come to mind in your life, that, that if you were in the same scenario, that it would unfold that way, that's worth pursuing yeah. because that sure. is so important because otherwise like there's so much guilt and shame associated with temptation, with giving into temptation, if you don't have a safe place to process that, to have you hold, like held accountable, to help you set and keep boundaries, then you end up just keeping it all in the dark and it can right. keep kind of like festering and being gross.
1: Yes. That's when it becomes a monster. Like Right. It- and that's that truly is what happened the second with the second incident i didn't want to tell anyone and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger in my head you know it was terrible
0: (laughs) and so i think one thing is that's interesting is you know like the we're both doing air quotes when we're saying nothing nothing happened we're both like nothing happened (laughs) which is great like that's great but the reality is that things did happen because having a relationship like that, like it impacted your marriage. You said like, I feel like I robbed us or ruined yeah. the last year. How did you find like looking back? What was the impact, even though you weren't having an affair and like
1: sleeping yeah. with another
0: man, what was the impact that that had on your marriage?
1: Well, I was always anxious that even if something my colleague Would text me, would be innocent sounding. He would often then send something that wasn't so innocent. So I was always anxious that my phone was going to be open somewhere that my husband was going to see it, or my computer was going to be open, or he would come across something. And this wasn't pervasive, it didn't like impact my life 24 hours a day, but it was just this constant cloud, I think is the best way of explaining of anxiety, you know, and at the same time, trying to combat by bringing out all the, the, the offense, you know, like, all right, we're going to do date night on Wednesday night. And I'm going to make sure that every time I, you know, have something to say, I'm going to text you first, my husband first. Yeah. all of that I'm trying to do yeah. all this other stuff. And, but inevitably there's those times where it's, you know, 10 o'clock at night and your husband's not home and he's not replying to your text messages and you're kind of lonely. And boy, wouldn't it be nice to be told how sweet you are or how, mm-hmm. you know, how he was just thinking about you or whatever yeah. terrible thing, you know, that's <laughs> disguised as candy. Right.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> So, and I
0: think that what I think that very real feelings and emotions is what often leads to these kinds of situations. Like, yeah.
1: mm-hmm. your husband
0: works really long, crazy hours. If he's gone a lot, if you find yourself slipping into loneliness, like yeah. those are very real, valid experiences. Look, my husband works like sixty to seventy hour weeks. We have two young kids that are crazy, right? Like, so I get like I. Like you, it's ten o'clock at night, and you're mm-hmm. like, like I can. He, my husband's position changed recently, so it's not ten; it's more like eight uh-huh. Two hours. At that point, is like, right? Kind of <laughs> all feels the same. But I can very much remember being like, when is the last time I saw him? Yes. Like, uh-huh. or not just saw him? When's the last time that I like got to sit down and like not even be sexually intimate? Like, right have a because he not only does he work crazy hours but he's busy like we don't really text during the day and so it's these very real things that yes. nobody I don't th- I don't think anybody would fault a wife for being like right lonely I feel right. like haven't really been like loved very well yes it's that like one is that like 90 degree turn into temptation right is when like very real valid feelings. Mm-hmm that you really should be discussing with your husband or discussing with a counselor or discussing with a friend. You right. like go find your own way
1: to fix it. Right. And unfortunately it isn't a 90 degree. It's more like a hundred percent. And then it's like two degrees and you're like, hundred oh, percent. I love talking with it. He's such a nice guy. He's so friendly. And then yes, like, Two more degrees sh- shift and, and yes. very insidious and sneaky the way yes. that it, it turns. And that's a very
0: know. important point. You're not, I think it's very rare that people do a 90 degree turn. They're like, I'm yeah. going to have an affair. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to have an emotional affair. I'm going to have an affair. Like, I'm going to go meet this person at a hotel. It's up on you. Thanks. How did I get It's You wake up morning and you're like, how did I get, how did I get here?
1: Yes. It's terrible. Yeah. Yes. And surreal. Like there were a lot of moments that I talk about in the book where I felt out of body. Like Mm -hmm. I was watching somebody else live my life and be like, what the hell are you doing? Like, (laughs) you're an idiot. Stop it. Yes. (laughs) And like, and realizing how tenuous and how quickly you could just explode everything. And I am like eternally grateful for scripture, for the Holy Spirit, for the movement of, well, my best friend, you know, just the, the trying to surround myself with good messaging, even though like I should have reached out to people and I should have talked to my husband, but I don't know about you, but I am a perfectionist. I like Mm. to keep a certain image up you know, or I used to anyway, I'm not so much anymore. I wrote a whole book about temptation. <laughs> You're I are like, it's kind of out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite as hidden as I used to be. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you don't want to admit your, your weaknesses, you yeah. know, as a human, nobody does. Well, and the
0: unfortunate reality to that is I've been in situations where I have gone to a friend and told them something I was struggling with and got a really crappy response. Right. The hard thing. Like, I've gotten the, like, you're an idiot. Stop doing that. You're going to ruin everything. Right. Response. And then you're like, well, that was counterproductive. I okay. didn't need any more shame or guilt. Right. Um, I'm not going to do that anymore. And so then it's like, it's not safe. You've. Yes. So, like, That's- I think we, you also have to give people, I don't know, like, we have these very real, experiences that impact our, how we respond the next time. Yeah. So now I thankfully am surrounded by friends that when I do stupid stuff, which is inevitable, I can go to them and be like, I'm an idiot. And they're like, I mean, you're a lovable idiot though. Like I'm not going <laughs> right. to explain it away, right. but like, here's what scripture says. And here's some steps moving forward. And here's how we can do this different the next time. So yeah. I think that that we, and I kind of touched on that when you were originally telling a story, which is kind of how we got here. Like Having a friend like that, that will not only call it out, but that if you like call yourself out, isn't going to respond with more guilt and shame Yes, is so important.
1: Absolutely. And that was a huge part of my best friend. She had been through a difficult journey and so she could empathize with me. Yeah, But if we don't share those things and let people know that we're also human, then all that we get is guilt and shame and more loneliness. That me too, and that I've been there, you're not alone, makes a huge difference. It just shrinks the Goliath down to something. Yes. You know? So, what
0: are some steps that you have learned through lived experience Uh that women can take? I feel like there's two sides to that, right? There's like protecting your marriage from it happening in the first place. And then, okay, we do get to this point where things are like they're morphing from friendly to flirtatious. This is, this is dangerous. Like what are, so let's start, let's start with stopping it like from happening. Like what are some boundaries and like steps that you've done in that,
1: in that case? Well, I want to also mention, like I have male friends there. That is not a boundary that I feel like is necessary for me. Like my husband has friends who are female and. Like that's totally cool, you know? So for me, the boundaries that are necessary are more about hedging in what's important so that we keep out what isn't important. Oh you know? And so like this relationship that I had with the with this the second guy. Because the first guy, he was a Christian. As soon as I said something to him, I was it was embarrassing. I was like, yeah. I think I'll let this affect my marriage. <laughs> You're like, oh, <laughs> it felt so lame, you know, <laughs> but it was, yeah. true, you know, and he's like, oh, I totally get it. I'm I I can see how this I've got some things to deal with myself in my relationship. Yeah. And that was it. I don't think sense, you yeah. know, And he was a sweet guy, awesome, respectful. Then there are people who are not and yes. who are going to try to take what they can get almost in a kind of competitive way of I conquest. Yes. I see you as a challenge. Yes. You are so good was something this person said to me. And I don't I you know I would hate to hurt you, but I'm going to like stab but I'm gonna you. <laughs> <Right. Yes. laughs> so, why are people so weird? Oh my I God. Know, I know. So I think for me when I what I needed to do for Myself after all of this, learning from all of this, was get my priorities straight with my relationships Mm. and think about the things that well, and communicate. I had to. I'm not always good at saying when something is bothering me with my husband, but I've gotten a whole lot better because it's going to leak out somewhere, and I'd rather have it leak out with him than with somebody hundred percent really trustworthy with that information. Yes you know. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing my like my husband has proven himself to be trustworthy over and over again with my failings and my vulnerability. He's always been a safe place to land. I know some women don't have that and yes. that is a different that's a whole different problem. Yes. If your husband's a safe place to land and you keep screwing up, you can keep screwing up and feel safe with him and yeah otherwise if you cut off a piece of whatever is happening in your life and don't share that with that person, now it is vulnerable to attack. Mm-hmm. I use right, a lot of like battle <laughs> rules of engagement, kind of. Yeah. Initially, because it's it is it is you need to barricade in some ways this thing that's yes. precious to you.
0: Yes, keeping your priorities straight and communicating. I mean, that's. I feel like those two things kind of spider out into everything else about marriage. Yep. Like those are kind of like building blocks. So like those plus Jesus are this like foundation to, I think a lot of the marriages that we see succeed. Yes. Are Mm -hmm. keeping their priorities straight and they're communicating both about those priorities and about everything else now. And you know, you talked about like your, your husband being gone at 10 o'clock at night. Like sometimes like, sometimes that communication is something you have to fight for. Right. It's We're yep. busy and we have kids, like, I mean, my husband and I were trying to hug, literally hug, nothing crazy. <laughs> and we had a four and a six-year-old, like literally shoving their heads in between our legs <laughs> because they like, want, and that's sweet. And that's great. And it's like, okay, family group hug. Right. You have to like fight for that communication and for that prioritization, because life is just coming at you a million miles a minute and it's noisy and it's loud and Right. I think yep. we want, we want those two things to just fall in our laps. And then yep. we wonder how we get in these situations. Right. That are threatening our marriage. Right. Yep. Because yep. we're not fighting for those things.
1: Yes. Well, and there's also this innate thing that we have, we want to be desired. Like mm. it's built into us as, as, People. I don't think it's mm-hmm. exclusively a female thing either. No. It, it is a human thing. We want to be loved and we want to be desired. And when the wrong person is pouring into that, it tastes like honey at first, but is pretty spoiled on the other end. And yeah. it's a it is a hard truth to resist. And it's also really difficult to admit that you don't feel loved or desired. Then you're hurting the other person too. Right. It's the, it's the hard truth. And the like the clear thing that you need to say, but it sucks. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: does. Because you're like, you're having to be vulnerable. You're having to be honest about something. And like, there's no way to hear that and not get your feelings hurt a little bit.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yes. Or to get defensive. You know, if my husband says to me, you know, that I'm not meeting some of his needs in some way, i like, well, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> totally. Look at all these things. The, here's the list of things I just did recently.
0: And here's yeah. all the list of things you didn't do recently.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Let me generate it. I have it Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Would you like the,
0: would you want it chronologically or alphabetically? Like right. I got this. Yes. No, 100%. <laughs> <That> <laughs> a hundred percent. BS. Got a look, man. <laughs> Something about that. So what about when you're already kind of in it? Like what did getting out of it look like for you?
1: A bunch of things. I think that in any kind of, well, first the temptation bit, there's a verse somewhere in scripture and I wish I was better at memorizing scripture about no temptation has fallen on a man that can't be, that God can't help you like work through. Yeah. And like temptation itself isn't a sin. It's that like leaning into or like, I felt like I was weak arm resisting all the time, you know, and not really letting it, not really saying no. I was Mm -hmm. just like passively. Yeah. "Eh," You know, I I don't know if I like this,
0: (laughs) you know, but that's not resisting. Yeah. Like
1: resistance. No. Right. Yeah. Resistance. I mean, I think scripturally it's like flee like, Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, It's like Potiphar and right. Potiphar's wife and Joseph. It's right. Like, I am in a situation and I need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really doing that. I was like, oh, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. I don't even know if I like you or I'm attracted to you, but this sure is nice. Like Yeah, this doesn't feel terrible. Yes. So yeah. the first thing for me was the what I felt was really important was to reach out to friends to find people that I could. They, even if it was little stuff, like he's still a problem. Was mm. like it's still, like really lame. <laughs> and, yeah, and, but it was voicing the fact that something was happening that wasn't right. And yeah. good friends pressed into that, and not as good friends would just kind of flick it away or whatever. Yeah. Because it's yeah. hard to, as a friend. It's also hard to be that voice of reason. For, Absolutely, for very scary. All of these things are super vulnerable to navigate. Mm -hmm. I did like flood my blog and profile and I don't think I had Instagram at the time, but Facebook page with quotes uh, from scripture. And I would get messages from this guy and he'd be like, Thanks for that Bible verse because he wasn't a Christian. <laughs> and, and it'll be like, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I was trying, I was pursuing Jesus and the Holy Spirit, like, God, protect me from myself, protect me from this man. Yeah. And help me to make the right choices. I tried to keep the things that were important in front of my face. Yeah. Know? Yeah. My children there were a lot of times where I was like, I felt like I was seeing through my children because I was so distracted by this temptation. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing, making a point of if you can get there to actually say something to your husband about it, which is terrifying and horrible and important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was really where things broke. And then there was just something really mysterious. I don't know how to say it any other way except the Holy Spirit intervention of like the shackles broke eventually Mm. and Mm. suddenly there was freedom and I was Mm. like oh my gosh I am never going to feel this way ever again I don't I can't explain it except that freedom
0: yeah because he but that's the thing is that he is good and he will do that
1: yes Mm -hmm. and I think we think that
0: God is so disgusted by us in the midst of our temptation and sin that he's like oh, I'm out hands up
1: like I'm out
0: you're mm-mm, nope this is not what we agreed on uh-huh. but that's not
1: like who it's he is, the is he, opposite. it's the opposite like he's there for the sick and the broken exactly and The hurting and exactly the, like you ask and you know, maybe if I grab a hold of his cloak, he's going to heal me and amen. He does.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. So I don't think it's that mysterious. It's make, it makes sense because it's him being who he said he was going to be all along. And I think what's interesting is your advice is essentially the same from it not happening and getting out of it, which is prioritize, like getting your priority (laughs) straight and communicating, but it's true.
1: Like It's just a whole heck of a lot harder once you're already in it. So if you can, 100%.
0: (laughs) I'm sure. Absolutely. Because, well, and what you said about like seeing through, like you were seeing through your kids, I'm sure to a degree, you were seeing through your husband. Like, those kinds, you know, you look back at, I mean, just looking at scripture and people who fell into temptation. I always think of David and Bathsheba. He had somebody murdered. Yeah. Because of his temptation. Like, temptation is not like, it's not something to like play with. It's right. real and it can be all consuming and make us do really crazy things. Like have somebody murdered so we can keep sleeping with their wife. Like that's right. crazy. Think about, but I mean, at the same time, yeah. I'm just realizing like, think how many crime shows, how many crime podcasts exist because somebody started having an affair and had somebody murdered. It's essentially David and Bathsheba and Uriah all over again, you know? Yeah. So I, uh, you know, that's obviously there's no, obviously there's no murder involved in American honey, but (laughs) it made you do things that retrospectively you're like, I don't want to like be ignoring
1: my kids for some guy, like some dude, like that's not who I am. Yes. Well, and I think if we allow ourselves to step back in those moments of, if we're able to bring the logic back in to our emotional drama, because the, the emotions are storming, we're, we're lonely, we're depressed. We want somebody to love us who is more vocally loving us and look at the other person who's involved in this, who's also lonely. They're probably Mm -hmm. also depressed. They're looking for love in all the wrong places, (laughs) but they have no investment in who you are and what's happening in your life. And that was another realization to me when I realized, oh, I'm just one of several people you're trying to conquer. Exactly. And you don't care about my husband, who, you know, you don't mm. care about my children, who, you know, this isn't love. Yeah. This is, that's not love. Love is patient and kind and, uh, you know, isn't love-
0: self-serving.
1: Yes. And yeah. you start stacking up this behavior versus that first Corinthians chapter. And you're like, Oh, okay. Now I just have to deal with the loneliness. <laughs> right. Exactly. You're like, that's a little less daunting now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. uh, what do I do in that spot? Right. It was, it was like seven years of my husband traveling and similar hours is what you're describing. You know, yeah, know, the co-parenting that happens where you're trading on and trading off again. And yeah, it's just hard. It is. We don't have the vision for the shortness when we're in yeah. the moment of that. Well, and
0: that was one of the first things you said is that you were being really short sighted. And I think short sighted and we're selfish if we get yes. into these kinds of situations, like those are two things that do not feel cute to self-describe with. Right. But like, are you, are you looking at the long game? Exactly what you just said. This person doesn't care about my husband. My, my husband, this does, person doesn't care about my kids. Sometimes yeah. they know them. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. If they don't care about them, they don't really care about me. Right. Right. You know, how short sight, like, am I, I'm risking everything God's given me for like some text messages?
1: Exactly. What? Exactly. <laughs> you yes. know, like, and I fought, we fought, my husband and I fought hard to have our three children. We had yeah. four marriages in the midst of all of that. And it was yeah. a lot of grief, a lot of love. And we, when we're sad <laughs> in that moment, it erases short term, everything yes. that you felt. And you just, you know, to be able to just take a breath and think for a minute, what am I risking here? Yes. Is, is that is what, I mean, it saved marriage and it saved yeah. my life really. Yeah. <laughs> the life that I wanted, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm so thankful that you're sharing
0: like, this is uncomfy. It doesn't, yeah. you know, like it's hard to talk about, but. I know from experience and from relationship and community, so many, I think a lot of women in to some varying degree either have are, or are going to experience this because I think it's a tool of the enemy. Exactly what you said at the beginning about, we want to feel desired. And then somebody starts to fill that role that isn't supposed to. So your book came is out, right? It came out in November. So people can get it wherever they get their books. And then where can people connect with you online?
1: Uh, my website, com, And I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all of the, all the socials. Perfect. And we'll link to all of that in your
0: show description, Sarah. Thank you so much for such a like authentic, vulnerable conversation. That's amazing. Oh,
1: I loved it. I weirdly enjoy talking about this subject now. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. You know, well, because you're
0: getting to like tell a story of what God did, like that's that's yeah, never not cool,
1: yeah. And so many women, even if they never end up tinkering in temptations, we all if we've if we've gotten married and we have children, there's always you know people say, oh, it's the seven year itch or the ten year mm-hmm. itch, whatever it is. There's a spot where we don't feel desired or adored yeah. anymore. and like, to be like super christiany cliche there's only one who can fill that desire amen. and adoration and make us know that we are worthy of love and it, with that foundation any relationship so amen super- amen so that is like- no
0: it's great
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> love it it's
0: true though it's true thank you so much yeah thank you